1: Wow! Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broad and we're joined as always by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing? What's going on?
2: I'm good, Christopher. Um, I um, don't mind admitting that I was Aldi in my car, um, <laughs> ready to hightail it <laughs> home from the studio. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I got a Dobradi Pan and I. So, uh, yeah, apologies uh, for uh, keeping you waiting. But uh, I, I, cu- I can't help Lots it because talk. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. It's fine. It's, it's, fine. Monday. it's Monday. We don't normally record on a Monday. I'll let you off this time. Monday morning. Uh, but for you're me. in the it studio. It's harder and harder. And yes, I am coming from the studio. <laughs> It's, uh, we just recorded the um, popular football podcast, The Football Ramble, and uh, it, was, it was shambolic at best, but that's how we like it here at The Football Ramble and Stack HQ. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's the start of a very busy week for uh, Stack, because uh, we're going to be down at the um, N1 mm. um, Business Design Centre, or whatever the hell it's called, uh, doing the, um, the, the, the big... Podcast show in London, um, well, I've got my big telly, I uh, spoke about last year on the show. Uh, it's a show that me and you uh, kind of joined together and I interviewed you on stage <laughs> with a lot of your fans. Um, so it was really fun. How so this, this time round, we'll, we're, we're not going to have any Abroad Band fans uh, at the stand, so oh. I don't know who I'm going to talk to, to be quite frank.
1: Got it. Yeah, it was quite cool last year, wasn't it? I, yeah. I remember we had a really nice guy come down from Scotland. He came all the way down from Scotland to, to say hello and... Yeah, and by bus. Good guy. And uh we had about, I think we had about 50 to 100 people turn mm. up. And then Pete and I gave a speech or like a talk, a discussion for half an hour. um But I remember I was like jet lagged and ruined. And I had uh, my brand new Fitbit on at the time. And I remember watching my heart rate just go up and up and up. <laughs> <laughs> and, you- and it was like 170. And you were like, should you get an ambulance? And it was like, <laughs> You are. I <laughs> it was mean, a to bit, be
2: fair, you are. Uh, you did try and arrest it slightly by having a couple of ciders, which did help for a while. So I did. Look, if if, if those of you with any kind of heart arrhythmias get involved in the in the, <laughs> in the in the cider, which is quite hard to find in the business design centre of a of a of a May summer's day.
1: Yeah, it was one of those things. I'd never done a meet up in the UK. I'd never met viewers or fans mm. or listeners in the UK, right? Yeah. And I was a little bit nervous, understandably. <laughs> I didn't know if anyone was going to show up. Uh, I had images of you and I just hosting like an empty room. Mm. Um, but then it got so full and there was a queue and some people couldn't get in. The only thing I wanted to do at the event was go and uh, was watch the Louis Theroux talk, but I missed that. That's right, Because yeah. I was drinking too much of the aforementioned cider. He's
2: always, the ca- he's always like, but stars like that, stars like that, are always kind of like, they're always the... Um, the, the, the main big swingers and stuff like that. like It's the mm, one that everybody wants to go, but it's quite hard to kind of get hold of uh, tickets for it. They're, they're the ticket events, really. But you,
1: we had to sell out. You had to sell out. I want to be a big swinger. I want to oh, be like Louis yeah. Theroux, but I've got my first step to being Louis Theroux right. because, look, Pete, it's the Abroad in Japan book oh, in my hand, right here, Chris. in the flesh, in the pages, <laughs> in the pages. 300 <laughs> and pages of excitement and wonder. Right. It smells quite nice. Yeah, nice. smell smell nice, is not its it? Is
2: it... Uh, yeah. Is it, uh, like, so? It, it is, it, great. is this the pre-release kind of, like, um, draft copy, however you call it?
1: Uh, yeah, it is. With so my... I got a copy just to look through and mm. check that it's not a complete disaster. <laughs> um, it's really weird, actually, like, because obviously I've written the book on my laptop mm. over many weeks and months, and it's just a Word document. Yeah, Like, it's just an endless 80,000-word <laughs> document. So to have it, like, in a book form, it's kind of like, wow, I've written a book. How did this bloody happen? <laughs> and... Um, It's also made me realize that the book is remarkably weighted uh, in favor of my first three years. (laughs) Like 70% of the book, like the first 200 pages out of a 300-page book is weighted towards my time in Yamagata Mm. as a teacher just because that was like, the stage in my life here when I was sort of lost and confused and just culture-shocked by it all. Mm. So it kind of made sense to sort of wait it in those first three years because mm. after that, I think the pace really picks up and it's like one year per chapter. Um, but I hope it's a good book. It's quite a scary thing. Like, I promoted it yesterday um, for the first time. It's available on pre-order. Mm. Please go and buy it. Let's not pulp 100,000 <laughs> books in a factory somewhere. Like Alan Partridge. Please buy the book. Um, but some encouraging signs mm. uh, somebody sent me a, a photo today about 24 hours after I promoted it and it's currently ranked at number 1 on travel writing on Amazon UK and eighth best seller on Amazon UK overall That's so awesome. that is an exciting start
2: is is the um, um, are we going to be in a situation where you're like Mr Beast demands of his fans to uh tidy up the chocolate that he has in the um, Walmart <laughs> of this world of this world um are you going to be asking I want people that. to reposition the bronze band book in
1: front of more weightier (laughs) tomes. I am please go in all Waterstones bookshops and uh, rearrange the books put mine (laughs) at the the front no (laughs) don't do that uh, weirdly there there was a
2: little bit of like back and forth between you and the publisher about the cover did you manage to get that settled mm, in the end
1: yeah I mean right now it's just a holding cover Mm. but we've got a really cool um, an artist a really great guy called Matt who I've uh, known for years and he's he's done some fantastic book covers he did Stephen King's um, book covers recently Uh, it was good for Stephen King it's good, good for me. For you. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Up like... there with Stephen King. Yeah, write that on the sleeve. Lovely. Yeah. Um, he's done a good job, but that'll be out soon. <laughs> Weirdly, though, the book is ranked number three in the gardening section of Amazon. So I'm not quite sure how that happened. Oh, my, um, I'd like to yeah. get the word out now. There are no gardening tips in the Abroad Japan book. If you want gardening, don't buy my book. You've picked the wrong book. I There's mean, no gardening. I'm just saying paper is compostable. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Not what Pete's going to do with his copy of my book. <laughs> I'm going to plant Bloody it. See if I can grow a Chris Frauds <laughs> knowledge tree. <laughs> Indeed, but no, it's cool. One one encouraging thing is um, some uh, some authors whose books I read years ago. I think Penguin um, approached them yeah. and just basically threw some books at various people around the world. Mm. And um, yeah, there's two reviews. One by Will Ferguson, who wrote a, an incredible book called Hokkaido hot Hokkaido Highway Blues, which I read years ago. And uh, Will Ferguson, great writer, he travelled across Japan, I think from south to north, Mm. and followed the sakura, the cherry blossom, as it bloomed throughout the country. And it's sort of his adventure from the south, like Kyushu, working his way up all the way to Hokkaido. And so I read that. That's a classic. And also uh, Sam Baldwin, who wrote a book called uh, For Fukui's Sake. Uh, He got placed in Fukui on the jet programme. And I think I read that book as I was just about to leave to come on the jet program and it got me fired up and sort of excited for my time in Japan. So to see that they've reviewed the book and given it their praise Mm. and that, that was really kind of awesome and moving. Um, so yeah, really exciting. And, um, yeah, please, please buy the book. Please (laughs) Please buy the book. Please Please. I don't ask much of you, but please. No, hopefully it's good though. I've got to do an audio book at some point. I've got to when I come back to the UK, uh, I think the end of August, I've got to sit in a room and read an 80,000 word book and I don't know how I'm going to do that. Mm. Presumably my voice is going to be in ruins by the end of it. I think it takes like three or four days, right? How long did it take you to do your football ramble book? I think I only read
2: about 40,000 words and it took me a whole week. So (laughs) good luck with that one.
1: (laughs) Brilliant. Well, I'm screwed, Mm. but uh, that's exciting. Glad that's out the way. Uh, We've got a story this week, though, from Megan. And it begins. Hello, gentlemen. My name is Megan, and I'm a Canadian ALT from Victoria, uh, currently in Hokkaido, uh, Victoria. Same place as Charlotte. Nice place. Although wherever I go, it's winter, and it's mm. not so nice in winter. <laughs> Need to go in summer. I've lived here. I've lived uh, here in Hokkaido for the last two years, and I did a solo road trip for Golden Week because I'm absolutely terrified of trains and planes during that holiday. I stopped for one night at a weird little hotel in a small onsen town called Kawaiu Onsen. Uh near Kusharokor. As I was alone, I don't actually know where that is. Kawaii look that up, Pete. That's Why your that's your little kawaii. homework. It sounds what like really, um like kawaii. Kawaii. it sounds like a, a Kawaii University. <laughs> yes. Yes it does. Uh, as I was alone, I was just going to enjoy my room and the private indoor, outdoor onsen booked with it. Uh wander the property in town, then make a quick convenience store ramen dinner. The host is this bonfire house outside, and on check-in, he provided guests with little firework sparklers, so I was out there with my convenience store drinks, just relaxing. The owner came out, and we chatted a bit, a mix of English and Japanese, and then he went back inside and came out and gave me a glass of wine. Amazing. He asked what I would do for dinner, and I told him I'd probably just eat ramen. I think he felt sorry for me because he made me get up, walk across the street, and go to his friend's sushi restaurant. He told the chef chef to make me anything I wanted and put it on his tab. Then he left because he was waiting for a delivery. (laughs) I was absolutely stunned and not sure I understood, but the chef just started making me a bunch of nigiri sushi, and I sat at the counter trying whatever he recommended. I wasn't charged or anything, so I wandered out of the restaurant back to my room. I didn't see my host again for the rest of my stay, as it's a fairly hands-off establishment but when I checked out there was a present in my shoe cubby Uh, the hotel owner had gifted me a local pottery teacup Absolutely wild experience. I've never received such random kindness before, so I thought I'd share it. At no point did I get weird or creepy vibes either. He seemed like a genuinely kind <laughs> person. Have you experienced anything similar from hosts in Japan? Cheers, Megan. That's really nice. Mm. There was a bit in the story halfway through where I was like, oh, what's his game? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Why what's Why is his he plan? bringing out the wine? Right. What's going on there? Um, but a nice story. That's, yeah. that's a lovely story. There's no nobody... Nothing bad happened. It's a nice story. Nobody got mauled by a wild boar like in last <laughs> it, week's episode. Like, <laughs> like it,
2: it must be like um, so refreshing for women to um, enjoy the, uh, the the pleasantries of, of, of a local person and not have to worry about any ulterior. Well, I mean, they could they'll probably worry about ulterior motives, but actually, there being no ulterior motives is
1: probably mm. something
2: that happens once to a woman in her life. <laughs>
1: indeed well i think it's a lovely story it's a lovely thing and i i we, we've had so many stories like this over the years on the podcast mm. and uh we should compile them sick and make and a man. really heartwarming sick and, book second weird a, country a sickeningly sick happy book <laughs> <laughs> 101 heartwarming stories in japan yeah. It'll be the sequel to my book yeah uh and you can read that It'll be a great toilet book um but a lovely story there megan thank you for sharing that and uh yeah let us know where the place is. though. did you find where Kau- Kauaiu? I did. Anson well, I'm on, on the phone, and and
2: I found Kauai. I thought I'd found it, but that was uh, that was very <laughs> much a place in Hawaii. So uh, that's that's no good. That's no good to anyone. And to be honest, trying to find anything that yeah. sounds a little bit like Kauai, uh, it's quite difficult. Uh, yeah. So Kauai Anson, it's in uh, Kumano, Tanabe City, Kumano. Ah. So there you go.
1: Kumano. Kumano. Yeah.
2: Where, where the dick?
1: And where's Kumano? Isn't where's that, Kumano Peak? That
2: Kyushu. <laughs> that was,
1: isn't that where? Oh no, oh, I think
2: Kumano. <laughs> Kuma- no oh, god. Oh god. Hang on. Let me zoom out. Here we are. Zooming out, guys. Go on, zoom Zooming out. out. Zooming out. It's Wakayama. It is. It it's... Wakayama. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah, good. I'll beat you to it. <laughs> I'll beat you to the punch. Right. Wakayama. <laughs> it's the big prefecture that neither of us have visited. I don't think I've been there once. <laughs> um but it's where the musician hides from and um yeah, they've got some nice temples. They've got the really nice uh, Nachi Falls. Near the waterfall, big it's getting to the highest waterfall in Japan. They've got a beautiful shrine in front of it. Right. Would Love to go, it's on my hit list, on my bucket list. Um, pretty close yeah, now, are you? Check it out, uh, marginally closer, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely love to go. Um, down to Wakayama, but go on now. we've got a story this go on week. Go now, mate, forget about <laughs> doing your, doing your proofreading. Go on now, I'll toss the book aside yeah. and get on the first train to Wakayama. Oh, damn it, why not? Why not? Lazy, uh, it's also got a bad reputation because the dolphin. Situation. I remember the Dolphin Cove, the cove.
2: Oh, is That's that where that, of, the body was found? The oh. not so good bit.
1: Yeah, unfortunately. Um, but that being said, I uh, I've got, I'm doing a um, Spartan race this week, right? And I'm not prepared for it at all. I'm no. really not right. prepared. I'm a little bit worried. Like when I did the last Spartan race, I just finished the cycle. ...across Hokkaido... ...and I've been training like every day... ...now I'm a little bit podgy... ...I've put some of the weight back on... ...moving houses to Tokyo... ...moving apartments Mm. has taken its toll... Mm. ...but there's a slimming miso soup on the horizon... ...here to save the day... ...and help people become slim... ...there's just one problem... It doesn't actually work. <laughs> um, Pete, fill us in on this slimming miracle that isn't the miracle it claims to be. It's, it's kind of sadly. in the
2: same way you see those boxes in 7 11s that say Calorie Mate. And um, I've got no good reason why shortbread should help you slim down at all. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Chris, is there, was there ever any. Because you see, like, Calorie Mate in, like, <laughs> video games, like. Um, uh, Shenmue I think Had him in I think um, Yakuza mm-hmm. Games Obviously had him in I think you also saw Calorie mate In a Metal Gear Solid Maybe Might be wider of the mark On that one but I'm, I'm Possibly, yeah. That but, Possibly yeah Possibly uh I mean it's it's it's. I mean it's just Shortbread just isn't Slimming in any way No I mean you can no, pack not. on I've never understood it. Calorie mate Either way uh, Yes Uh <laughs> Um, A uh, consumer watchdog in Japan Has fined a a, a soccer based company About $38,000 For violating a law against misleading advertising After it claimed people could lose weight Just by consuming It's miso soup Um, Dr. Miso Shiru soup uh, Is apparently (laughs) a drink According to the company uh, W Endless Core Um, uh, Apparently you can uh, lose weight Without any strict food restrictions Or exercise uh and the agency uh, in question the consumer affairs agency said um please stop saying that because that's not the case <laughs> it's a lie and you can't repeat improper practices uh but uh the company said um sorry about that we take this uh, fine order seriously and we'll work to uh, further strengthen compliance and prevent a recurrence um we don't know um i mean surely compared to drinking gravy it will help you lose weight if you're usually drinking gravy all in it right on the top of it instead of like instead of getting rid of all the packaging and all the marketing spend that they spent in the first place saying that it's a um you can lose weight with this miso soup just right on the top if you are drinking custard don't do that drink this and you will lose <laughs> weight just right if you are drinking custard or if you're drinking gravy or if you're eating three big macs a day do this instead and then you don't have to change anything. True. Just put packaging over the top of it. Little
1: sticker. I mean, I think they're actually claiming that you will lose weight by taking this, right? Mm. Rather than this is an alternative to eating, alternative to eating just butter Gristle. and fat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not a, like <laughs> that's completely different. I mean, the the number of calories in uh, miso is about fifty calories, right? It's so it's low. pretty low calorie. It's low, in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Decent. And you can have it every day and whatnot. Mm. It's Supposed to be good for you. Salty. Um, but it's very salty, and I, I'm not the biggest fan of it. Admittedly, I don't mind it in the winter mm. when you need to warm up and whatnot. But the idea of miso soup being a fat, like burning drink that seems like <laughs> one big street. I'm also not encouraged by the fact this company is called W Endless Co. That sounds like the shadiest company ever. Endless it's lies, it's not like <laughs> endless nonsense, endless bullshit, yeah, endless yeah. bollocks. <laughs> Honestly, I'm trying to look up anything I can find out about this company, but mm. um it's not looking good it's, <laughs> it's not, not that good for them oh doc uh, they're called dr miso shiru and mm-hmm. they come in these little sachets that you just like pour in some water right but like um it looks it looks good actually yeah oh, back, it must be good in. it's got doctor on it oh, yeah, dr miso, dr. miso. Dr. jelly that's
2: the trick you made as well <laughs> you'd be absolutely exactly. piling through this uh, tough mudder or whatever the hell you're doing spartan race you do it at the weekend if you had a bit of miso on your in your life
1: very dehydrating though i, f- I mean <laughs> I'm certainly going to need some bloody Dr. Jelly to get through this race <laughs> I cut them by eight last time I think I did actually have some energy jelly in the morning mm. you've got to like ram as many calories down your throat as you can in the morning right. and so you're sort of all stocked up and ready to go carb loading mm. as we call it remember carb loading from the cycle you've got to carb load Pete and that's what I need to do this week mm. I need to carve all it's, the loads. I need to carve all the loads. What am I on about? I need to it, load up on all the cars. It's um, Michael Scott eating carbonara in the car
2: park. I got a carb load <laughs> right before you start you <laughs> Oh god. It's it's hard though, it, it's like time like when I play football at the weekends, it's actually quite hard to sort of figure out when I'm supposed to eat. I don't work very hard, I don't run very fast, but um it's still ninety minutes of shit hell, god damn it. And so like you you've gotta you've gotta <laughs> pick your time to eat.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Do do you think I mean so they're being fined. This company, Dr. Misoshiro, is being fined uh, five million yen, mm. which is about thirty-eight thousand dollars. Do you think that's a fair amount to find them, Pete? Is that a reasonable sum? It doesn't. Seem, they're taking it seriously. It's like,
2: it's the sort of fine that if if it's the sort of fine that my company could um, handle, uh, it's it's not <laughs> it's not enough. I would say because we don't make much money. Right. If we could, if we it's all if we'd sort of go, oh, that is a lot of money, but you know, lesson learned, slap on the wrist and stuff. I think a Miso uh, creating company probably has factories and overheads mm, and income, mm. you know. So I think I think it,
1: it probably needed to be more than that. I mean, I'm kind of encouraged that the Japanese consumer watchdog actually cares, right? Because mm. there must be loads of companies, must be loads of tons of products around the country that make claims. Yeah. And certainly in Japan, there are a lot of companies and a lot of products that claim to have health benefits, yes. but they're kind of vague health Enough, benefits yeah. like oh, it might be good for you it must be right.
2: it must be a real sort of like um it must be really difficult for those you know those little bottles of kind of like tinctures and um hangover mm, mm. cures and stuff you've seen hangover cause, cause, yeah. in the um apothecary section that It's just like a little fridge mm. or a little shelf that just has all kinds of little it's a sort of little portions you sort of find left behind a little elf might uh, leave behind in a in a video game, uh, Gold Max. Like it's <laughs> it's just like it's just just little tinctures and preparations and and they all just sort of yes. say they do a different thing. You know, restore liver function, restore brain energy and it's just all just caffeine and sugar, in it?
1: It is basically, yeah. It's just a bucket load of like taurine <laughs> and caffeine. <laughs> anyway, the most popular ones uh Ukon Nochikara the strength of the Ukon root basically. And um just bollocks. Honestly, just like bollocks. it doesn't taste bad. It kind of tastes a bit like a crappy Red Bull. Right. If somebody like puts some ginger and some just like crap and some Red Bull, but mm. people swear by it. A lot of my friends drink it. I think Pete, American Pete, drinks it, mm. and Ian. I think they drink it, or they drink another one um, that's got a little, a little picture of a liver on the can. Yes. So it's good for your liver. Helps you, but helps like, you get, I, not I've, get a hangover. Allegedly, allegedly. But, but drunk, I remember sorry. before we had. Uh, Before we used to have work parties when I worked at school, teachers would come over and just leave like three cans of this stuff on my desk (laughs) and be like, drink it, Chris. Drink it, Chris, There's not much time. And I would drink it and think, "Ah ha-ha, no hangovers for me. I'll have the last laugh. And the next morning, I was just dead still, no impact whatsoever. Or maybe I'd drunk more because I felt like I could. Now that I'd I'd consumed this magical wonder potion, (laughs) I think I thought I could... uh, I thought I could probably just drink more, so I don't know. I feel like it's an experiment waiting to happen. Mm. All I know is when I did a video with Connor on his channel about a year or two ago, where we drank every single alcoholic beverage in Japan, mm. at least that we could find. Um, we drank a few cans beforehand. It's kind of very loose scientific <laughs> experiment, yep. and the results were not good they are very bad right. yeah. so I've not seen anything to indicate that ukon no chikara wow. or any of this stuff helps you and I've not seen um, any proof that uh, miso soup bit can help a giggle, you lose weight oh, bit of a giggle yeah <laughs> oh, dear. well anyway if they did work I'd bloody get shipping them to the UK right away we are back in just a moment guys with the stories comments and questions in the fax machine
2: small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat
1: Flushcare.com slash weight loss. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners? Mr. Dolson? We've got a message from Usman from London. I know an Usman from London. He's got excellent hair. Uh,
2: hello contactless Chris and Tasmo <laughs> Pete. What is the state of contactless payments in 2023 Japan? I visited Japan in 2019 and will be going again this August. Is it now viable to just walk around with a phone or a watch to pay for items in the local convenience, or is it still ideal to carry around cash or top of an IC card. Do you have the Apple Pay, the Android Pay, the Google Pay, the other Pays? We have all the Pays. All the pays. We have PayPay. Right, PayPay. Pay. Literally, the main one is called oh, PayPay. Yeah. Do you have that? Another app you've got to put on your phone and connect and then drop an of... I, I remember seeing PayPay pay around, uh, around Yeah.
1: PayPay. 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 Doctor Pay. pay. pay, pay. <laughs> <Dr>. pay. <laughs> um, we. Like, uh, you can get Suica cards um, on your phone, and I've tried and failed, and for whatever reason, it won't bloody work, but so now I've started carrying um, my Suica card and using it to pay for everything, just because I've noticed I can, I used to just get so much change in my wallet, Mm. at the end of every week, my wallet would just be rammed full of coins, and when I'm in the UK, I use my debit card, Mm. like everyone, Um, And I use my debit card, there's still a little bit, meh, with debit cards, doing Mm. the sort of chip payments. They're getting there, actually. Um, I'd say Japan is moving very fast in that direction so that's encouraging but I would still say when you come here always have some money in your wallet um, because you never know when you're going to get caught out right mm. so some yeah in your generally
2: travellers yeah it's, put some in your shoes every uh, Sunday afternoon Chris would uh, celebrate a fine weekend conquered uh, by uh, pouring uh, an entire uh, gigantic novelty uh, Jack Daniels bottle full of coins uh, off his balcony <laughs> onto people below <laughs> and the local people would 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 gather and gather it
1: up Good god how many people would die from the falling <laughs> coins that's another scientific experiment i don't want to try out but yeah it's 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 nice though it's nice not having like a massive amount of coins mm. at every given moment when i left my uh, apartment in sakata as a teacher i had four huge tin boxes just packed full of coins right and i took them to my bank and i gave them to the teller clerk and they shoved it in this machine and counted it out. It was a bit like Scarface when he counts out all the cash, right? He's like, (laughs) push it to the limit! (laughs) And all the money's being counted. But instead it was with like one yen coins and I got like like five dollars at the end of it. So, not quite Scarface disappointing face we've got a story here from v who says hello pete and chris v from sydney australia here thanks to covid more companies are allowing people to work from any part of the world for a few months annually which cities or towns would you recommend digital nomading that aren't tokyo kyoto or osaka keep up the fantabulous work v um i'd recommend sendai it's a pretty good place mm. i mean i always i uh, i keep running into tourists when i'm in sendai And they're so happy to be there. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Why would you come to Sendai? We've, it's, we had like three attractions in Sendai and you can see them in four hours, but to live, it would be a really good, good place to like live and work because it is quite a bit cheaper than Tokyo, Mm. but you can get to Tokyo easily and you can get to Hokkaido in two hours. So cool place to live, but maybe not visit Sendai. So Sendai is top of my list. Um, Where else, Pete? Where would you go if you could be a digital nomad in Japan? Probably Fukuoka, knowing you. Yeah, love that place. Yeah,
2: anywhere down like Kyushu, I think that'd be a fun little sort of place to kind of hang out. It'd be nice to sort of spend like 30 days somewhere and just sort of, and just that's Hmm. your base. And you don't even need to travel out, just enjoy the good vibes of a
1: small town down in... Yeah, just go to the summit of Mount Aso and just sit there <laughs> just in a trailer. Or just get a RV. Yeah, my sister just yeah. got back from the uh, back from Japan. and She uh, travelled around the country in an RV for two or three months and she didn't have any problems mm. apart from the time. I think they opened their car door in the wind and it knocked another car right. and all hell broke loose. So be careful where you park. But other than that, it's great. I think RV could be the way to go. So RV, Fukuoka, Sendai, those are the big three. Those are the ones to go for, V. We've got another one here from Kira. Kira Wells in Washington State, who says, Hello, Chris and Pete. Japan's always had a good arcade scene, if I'm not mistaken. However, I can't help worrying about how it's doing nowadays, given a certain occurrence from a few years prior. How does the arcade scene in Japan fare today, and are the retro gaming centres there still thriving? Moreover... Does the UK have its own arcade scene to speak of? Thank you, too, for your response and everything you do. Kira Wells in Washington State. Thank you very much, Kira. Um, do we still have arcades in the UK? My image of arcade games in the UK are just the crappy ones by the seaside, like the depressing mm. coin machines where you win, like, 2p and some crap candy. <laughs>
2: yeah. Are they still there? And we, so we get... Um we still have our kids uh, near where i live in south end so i'm i'm pretty pretty um adequately um uh, uh, positioned to to answer this one uh, yes we do and it's um and and it's mainly um your 2p machines but you do okay and and you know legacy um kind of you know bike sims and and, and outrun and stuff but you do occasionally not sort of see games that um like these kind of quite generic shooters that sort of arrive, that are clearly been kind Mm. of made in the last three or four years. And they're just big plasma screens, cheap old light guns, uh, and a bit of graphics. And it it must be quite cheap. Compared to, like, what it it costs to make games for the arcade back in the day and compared to what Mm. it costs now, you just need a nice big plasma screen. What's that? A a, a screen like that, what's that? Like, 150? uh, Or maybe, you know, trade, probably 100 quid. And then... Bit of mm. wood, couple of guns. Just do that fifty <laughs> times, and you've got yourself a profit, my friend. You sell it for a grand. Pete's
1: dodgy arcade
2: with yeah. the TV screens full off. But they're all on like. The customers. But then you'll have like games that like no one's like didn't know existed, like like Halo four person shooters, like in you know mm. you're riding around the landscape shooting and stuff. And then you've got like the VR experiences as well that have come in, uh, where you've got like um, the the little helmets you put on and stuff, and you do like a a rabbits game or something and it's not, you know, for me, mm. a manner of advancing years makes me feel a bit sick but um, for everyone else, <laughs> they seem to enjoy it.
1: I think you should open your own arcade. I think you'd be in your element because you love video games, yeah. you love retro. There's, there's Why literally not just a, a guy a seaside arcade? Did just that, a few doors, a few, like a couple of roads away from me,
2: he uh, set, up a, no set up one and uh, he, he closed it down not that long ago. So I, I don't think, oh. I, I think, location is important and if you're on the seafront at south end, you're going to make a bit of money but if you're <laughs> a little bit way back um out in sort of Chalkwell way, it's, it's not going to work.
1: <laughs> I just think he doesn't have your vim no. and vigour and vision, vision to pull it off yeah. but I think you could do it. I, I mean, in Japan, uh, gaming centres are still a thing. Don't worry. I think... um a lot of people got spooked. I know they are closing. We had a story last year, I remember where they were saying that uh, gaming arcades are on their way out and numbers are down dramatically in the last decade. Yeah. And uh, rather symbolically, of course, the iconic Sega arcade in Akihabara is long gone, uh, replaced by Geigo. This That name, God. It's almost <laughs> as bad as Dr. Miso Shiru, what his name <laughs> was. Um, but uh, it's gone. Uh, but for the most part, you can still find arcades in every street and corner of Tokyo and every city in Japan. So don't worry. They're around for a little while longer. They're still here. And there's some really great ones. Um, there's a really amazing retro arcade place in uh, Takada Nobaba, which is about th- two or three stops north of Shinjuku. And that's my favorite. And I think if you ask many people, like Pete, American Pete, who is a games fanatic to rival even the great Pete Donaldson, he would argue that that is his favorite as well. Um, <laughs> so don't worry. There's plenty to still enjoy. When you do, make it over here, Kira. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week, guys. All over again. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, please buy my book. Please. Please. (laughs) Please. (laughs) And we'll see you later in the week, guys. All over again. Mm. Have yourselves a bloody good one. Bye for now. Bye.
2: Hello, I'm Pete Donaldson, and if you're listening to this podcast, you may very well be a lover of video games. And if you are, I'd like to introduce you to VGC, a gaming podcast. From the team behind the popular gaming site, Video Games Chronicle, comes a gaming podcast for grown-ups. Hosted by reporters Jordan Midler, Andy Robinson, Chris Scullion, and little old me, definitely not a grown-up, it's everything you need to know about games, and we're bringing you it first. Give us a try. VGC, a video games podcast. Listen wherever you get your pods. Or head to lnk.to forward slash. VGC. That's or forward slash vgc. Broad in Japan is a Stack Production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.